Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host Sal Dietrich. Sal, you excited about tonight's program? Ed, tonight we conclude our efforts in Military Month. What an amazing month this has been, from Purple Heart recipients to a minister who is the Army's first CTO. You know, tonight we're joined by Ethan Morris, a former Tomb of the Unknown Soldier guard at Arlington Cemetery. His incredible journey to become a filmmaker and yet come back and give back once again to the tomb. He's produced this incredible documentary uh, called Unknowns. It's about the tomb and the guards who serve it. Uh, You and I got a sneak preview of it. It, It's incredibly well done. It's very, very polished. A wonderful, wonderful uh, film about the tomb and the guards. Ethan joins us to talk about how he got drawn into the service at the tomb, how that amazing journey happened for him. It it happens for so few people to get to serve at America's most sacred shrine. He talks about the privileges of doing so and his higher calling to be a filmmaker. Uh, Ethan, welcome to Grace in 30. Hey, Sal and Ed. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I, I know it's evening, your time, but it's actually afternoon out here in California, and um, it, it's kind of interesting to have the time difference, so I'm such an honor to be there. Yeah, Ed and I have already been to happy hour, and now we're on to the show, and you're just getting started. <laughs> That's right. So is it sunny out there? It is another gorgeous day in Southern California. Yes, it is. Okay, my daughter is out there right now. Just went to Catalina Island yesterday. Oh. And uh, oh, she's sending me pictures, and I'm so jealous because it's just miserable <laughs> in D.C. right now. So uh, I thought a good place to start, when you and I spoke on the phone, um, you mentioned that your parents, when you were young, your parents said, never join the military. And I thought, what happened? You became a tomb guard. <laughs> Tell us the story about that. I certainly will. So being raised on a farm, I think their first, um, you know, kind of the reasons for saying never join the military was they knew they needed my free labor. Um, But actually, one of the things that they um, kind of always talked is as they saw me playing with all my Legos, I would plan out these vast wars and um, they would just kind of drop these little, you know, um, kind of hints, hey, you know, war is cool, but not really. It's horrible, and you should never join the military. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Mom and Dad, I'd never join the military unless we were attacked. And um, as I then grew up in my teenage years, I got drawn towards movies and then um, to Civil War reenacting, and I was actually able to participate in the movie Gods and Generals, which is filmed in this area, um, actually a little farther south in Virginia. And uh, my parents, when I was doing the Civil War reenacting and then that filming, they reminded me, don't ever join the military, you know, you're taking steps. I was like, don't worry, I'd never join the military unless we were attacked. And then 9-11 happened, and as I watched the TV, I realized we were just attacked. And um, I ended up telling them that day and talking to the recruiters that day on 9-11-2001 that I wanted to join the Army. And um, that kind of leads to the next part of the story, which, of course, I'll get into throughout the show. But um, my parents were kind of horrified and said, I thought you said you'd never join the military. And then they challenged me to pray for a year about whether um, it was really God's will for me to join. And um, I honored their opinions or their um, wishes probably the last time I've done that. I don't know. I I try to remind myself, or my mom reminds me, you used to honor our opinions, and God has blessed you so much for that. And um, so then after about a year, I definitely felt multiple confirmations and about a year of prayer, and I joined the Army shortly thereafter. Now, that sounds like some kind of a boot camp. You know, a lot of guys talk about going off to boot camp, but, you know, you sort of spend your boot camp as a year of praying and reflecting 
about this incredible service and and what a what a great mission uh, and how this has turned out for you. So, how do your parents feel about you serving now? You know, my mom was extremely um, scared, and as all moms are, um, they're very proud. They did support me and gave me their blessing. And um, I knew I wanted to actually go over and be a, um, a grunt, so to speak. So I joined up Infantry Airborne, but my recruiter went to my church, and I'd asked him, um, how could I go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? And he said, there's no way you could go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, we don't recruit there. It's not going to happen. Forget it. I said, great. I basically just asked that for my mom's sake and because I have this burning desire in my heart to you know, honor our fallen heroes. But it's all right. I um, will just go over to Iraq or Afghanistan as an infantryman. And that's what I enlisted for. So again, my, my mom was very emotional about that, um, that I was actually kind of joining the fight went down to Fort Benning, Georgia, and within the first week there, I ended up getting recruited to go to Arlington. And um, I'm very emotional, so when the sergeant called out of 500 guys, they called out 15 of us, I started to cry, raised my hand, and said, you know, Sergeant, can I go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? And um, he pointed right at me and said, I doubt you have what it takes to be a tomb guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. But... You will be going to the Old Guard, which is the oldest infantry regiment in the Army, started by George Washington. And then from there, if you're a good soldier, you would be able to one day volunteer for service a third time at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And that was enough for me, so I I volunteered to go to the Old Guard. And And had you been to the tomb before, is that really what sparked your your love and passion for the tomb? Had you visited that, uh, Ethan, when you were younger? Um, when I was 19, so by the time I enlisted, I think I was 21, when I was 19, while we were filming Gods and Generals, um, 9-11 happened. A month later in October, my boss, John Burt, um, we had a day off, and he said, have you ever seen the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? I said, no, and he brought me there, and um, I wept at the time and realized, wow, this is America's, you know, uh, kind of the saying is America's most sacred shrine. And it, it was just so somber and um, respectful that I was overcome with emotion and knew that, um, you know, we not only do we live in a great country, but we live in a great country because of great sacrifice, which, um, of course, is why we celebrate Memorial Day each year. Amen. So you got pushed back twice. You, when you were talking to the recruiter, you mentioned the tomb. He said, no, no, that's not going to happen. Only a week after you showed up for duty, people called your name out, 15 people out of 500, to yes. go serve with the old guard. But again, you asked about the tomb, and someone pushed back on you. So it eventually did happen. So what did you do when you first arrived uh, at Arlington? What did you do for that first year? And then how did you get the opportunity to serve at the tomb? Great question. And when I first got um, assigned to the old guard, it was April 2004. And um, I was, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan was raging. And I was assigned to a casket team. And um, we, the, there's about 25 to 30 burials a day in Arlington, 15 to 20 of those being Army, because each branch um, conducts their own um, branches services. So um, I was assigned a casket team and over the course of a year participated in over 300 burials. And also we would fly to Dover, Delaware and unload um, bodies coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, um, the flag-draped transfer cases as they're called. And um, when you think about honoring the fallen, um, I realized that there was no greater honor than to be actually holding the flag over fallen soldiers and then um, being able to pass that off to the family crying, grieving, um, and render that 
final military respect. So um, I, I kind of realized, like, oh, that, you know, I didn't need to go to the tomb. That's just kind of my desire to serve at a place where five million people a year go to visit. You know, and it was kind of selfish. So I did caskets. I thought I was going to do it for my whole military career, and um, God kind of had a way of pulling me out of that. And after about um, nine months. We were pulled out of what's called ceremonial rotation. If there's any of the old guard listeners in your audience, um, they would know. And we're pulled out of ceremonial rotation, and we're going to get sent overseas. And we are all excited. We're infantry. We thought it was going to be Iraq. Um, Then we heard it was going to be Africa. Um, We were just super happy that we were going to get deployed. We did training for three months for this mission with, the, I think it was the United Nations. And then the Army, in their infinite wisdom, canceled our orders. So we weren't going to go. Now we weren't even doing ceremonies. And that's why I went to Arlington and I realized, oh, you know, there's a place that is doing ceremonies right now that I can volunteer for. And again, I raised my hand and said, um, you know, to my platoon sergeant, can I serve at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? And he said, Ethan, I could think of no better soldier to go there. So he sent me down there and um, it led to some of the hardest training I've ever done in my life. Um, I, I was hoping that that training would prepare me for marriage, but um, marriage, I, and a lot of people are married out there, <laughs> so they know um, marriage can be difficult training. Ah, military training, not so much, so when looking back on it. so You know, Ed, you and I have both been to funerals at Arlington National Cemetery, and, and for listeners who, who never have, I remember going to the chapel there was really no one around. The, the, the horses were there, um, but really there was nothing there. And I remember thinking, this can't be it. And, and I remember walking out and seeing the Air Force marching, you know, a band there, soldiers at the ready who carried our friends. Uh, he was an Air Force colonel who carried him probably a mile mm-hmm. uh, to his grave in a 21-gun salute. And I thought, my God, this is the most incredible thing I've ever participated in. And the most patriotic thing I think I've ever seen, and you would probably say the same. Yeah, it sounds like was that for an officer? It was. He was a colonel in the Air Force. Yeah, my, my dad was buried there, and he was the lowest-ranking person in the Navy you could be. And I counted, I think it was 20 people were involved in that service, and I, which I thought was amazing. I mean, between the, the seven men with the rifles doing the 21-gun salute and the six people folding the flag, and it just was amazing the honor and the respect they give to people. So just a quick invitation. Anyone get a chance to go to a funeral at uh, Arlington, absolutely do it. You know, Ethan, you've been uh, – tell us a bit about serving as a tomb guard. I mean, this is pretty intensive training that goes on. Uh, you know, you've described it as a humbling and huge honor. Tell us a bit about that and, and how this sort of fueled your passion to make the Unknowns movie. Um, the, the training there and the, the duty time there is around 18 months, and um, the training is kind of based off of each individual soldier. It, it is the least awarded badge in the military, or there's the astronaut badge in the Army, but that one's no longer um, awarded. So that's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier identification badge is the least awarded current you know, um, badge in the military. And there's only been about 650 issued over the last 50 years, um, and they're numbered and given out. And um, why that is is because of the length of tra- time that the training takes, because our nation has – or I should say the military and, you know, Congress, realizes that if we have soldiers out on a plaza representing um, honor and honoring to our nation's fallen heroes, which sometimes it's easy to say that, but um, we forget that that means that a loved one somewhere or a family somewhere lost someone. 
um, and there's thousands of them spread across our country, that these guys and women, there are women that serve there, um, should be held to a higher standard. And that standard, you can never really reach the standard of perfection. The quest for perfection um, can never be reached. And I'll be the first to say that I, I fail in so many different ways. But um, the desire to get there is what then separates the tomb guards from the trainees. And um, it, it, with that, it, it just kind of wears you down. So I remember I'd, I'd go to Bible studies, you know, because you're serving for 24 hours um, on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on, 24 hours off, 24 hours on, then you'd have four days off. Um, if, if anybody's familiar with the military, you got to show up, you know, two hours early or else you're one hour late, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so and then you'd stay late. So the, it were, ended up being like 26, 27 hours that you were working and then 21 hours off. The first eight hours you're sleeping of those 21 hours, then you're, you know, working to get ready for the next day of work. Then you'd take a quick nap and then go back to work. Um, but I say all that because by the time, um, you know, I'd be on an in-between day or a four-day, uh, maybe I worked on Sunday church, you know, I would go to a Bible study at my friend's. Well, I'd have to bring my uniform or my shoes with me, and I'd be sitting there polishing, you know, on their couches my shoes because you'd have to polish them for hours on your off day. And um, I'd just be falling asleep while, you know, they were actually doing the Bible study. I was just <laughs> looking at my shoes. But um, the, the realization from there, as I pursued that perfection um, was that it's not about me, you know, and, and going out in the plaza, the reason we all tried to look identical is because we don't want it to be about us. And when we made the movie, um, The Unknowns, we wanted to make something that um, didn't feature a specific tomb guard and that it just features the honor that's done. Um, and rendered at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Yeah, back in uh, at Veterans Day, we uh, had on Richard Azaro, uh, Badge 19, if you can imagine that from your perspective. Yes. <laughs> um, he talked about being there um, during the Kennedy era, during Vietnam, and he called it really a place of unity, a place where Americans always came together and respected the country. Uh, you know, he talked about sort of, you know, we asked him, what really stands out in your mind? And he talked about the magic moment of dawn, how you can be out there all night and, and dawn comes upon you at the tomb and you're sort of swept up in this sense of being there at this incredibly sacred place. Share with Ed and I uh, and our listeners one or two things that just really stick out with you uh, being there at the tomb. Yeah, um, I would say just like uh, my you know brother through the decades, um, Richard had mentioned, the dawn is was incredible. Um, the middle of the night was a time um, that I always enjoyed. Um, I did a lot of night hours, night guard shifts, or for two hours at a time, and um, I'd just silently just be praying um, and a lot of prayer, mostly for strength to continue on. Um, but the realization that I was the only one in the country that was out there at that time telling the families that we honor their sacrifice. That was always a powerful time. Another um, odd time, and, and I would not want anybody necessarily to, to do this, but I was there for 18 months and twice um, somebody kind of leaned over the chains and whispered to me, thank you for your service. 
and both times just about moved me to tears. Um, and it can move me to tears now just thinking about it. Um, because we worked so hard for, for years, you know, literally years, um, just out there. And in order to get out the plaza, it's months of practice down below, and you're marching on, you know, steel-toed shoes on granite plaza, physically demanding work that's also very um, – kind of mind-numbingly boring because you're literally just counting to 21, the highest, you know, the number of the 21-gun salute. You're counting to 21 for hours a day. So when you finally, when I heard those two people whisper thank you, um, I did realize, wow, this, this is what it's all about. You know, I don't know who they were. I don't know why they did that or if they had lost a loved one. And, and like I said, it's not about us, so I'm not encouraging any of the listeners to go to Arlington and lean over and say thank you. We don't want thanks. Um, what we want is just to point the country um, towards the sacrifice that was done for our freedoms. And it's something that we really can't ever um, you know, grow complacent in. That's awesome. Yeah, I just want to take a quick second here and uh, remind listeners we're talking to Ethan Morris, a tomb guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery back in 2005-2006, has since gone on to produce the Unknowns movie documentary about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and what it's like to be a guard there. You mentioned, uh, even as a farm boy, you were drawn to filmmaking. You've had this sort of amazing journey. You you got the discipline of the guard, and then went on not just to have an interest in filmmaking, but to become a filmmaking. That's another incredibly rigorous thing that so few people ever achieve. Tell us about uh, how that all came together. It, this must be your sort of higher calling and higher purpose in life, how this has worked out. You were, you were born to make this movie, born to serve at the tomb. Tell us about how this all sort of evolved after you left the Army. Great question. I knew I wanted to serve or, um, you know, make movies. I wanted to encourage and, and kind of change culture um, for God, but also just to make great, you know, I watched movies like Casablanca and, you know, It's a Wonderful Life growing up or Battle of the Bulge, you know, um, all these wonderful movies. And I just was in love with cinema. Um, so I ended up going to a community college out in California, um, Fullerton Community College for Film and um, actually radio, actually, as well, and TV production. Then from there, I transferred to Biola University in um, Los Angeles and studied media management there. And at the same time, my um, fellow tomb guard um, and good friend who I served in caskets with, Neil Shredetsky, um, was going to Arizona State University for film school. And he actually filmed my last walk at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And um, we have, back in 2006, and we have some footage of him saying, you know, this is the first of many pictures with Ethan and Neil. And um, he went to film school. I went to film school. We linked back up in 2012, did a Kickstarter to raise the money for um, the unknowns. And then he actually directed the film and um, did a lot of the producing, too. I have to admit, he has been the um, laser focus on, on pushing through the documentary. And finally, when it came out, um, we're very proud of it. It's actually for sale, um, just so your listeners know, at the Arlington National Cemetery gift shop. And we're coming out on um, the TV um, sh channel, the Pursuit channel, um, this coming Saturday, which you'd have to check your local listings on Dish, Direct, TV, AT&T, or whatever. Um, the Pursuit channel, I think it's like 1030 at night. Um, so, or And also, it's on Delta Airlines right now. So if you're, any of your listeners are flying, um, Delta Airlines, just go to their documentary section and the unknowns. So um, we're really proud of that. But the realization is that that hunger was always inside of me. Um, again, just from the movies that I watched, then 
pursuing the movies, gods and generals, kind of put it all on hold for the Army. And I'm still figuring it out. Um, the Unknowns is our first film. I've got a lot of other films in development, but I'm just kind of praying to see where God takes me for the next project. Well, that's an incredible testimonial that Arlington National Cemetery uh, offers this to uh, visitors there. Uh, can't say much about Delta Airlines. Uh, haven't flown them much, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> me too. I can't afford to. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's just incredible that, you know, the quality of this and its true reverence to the, the tomb and, and the understanding of the guards that, you know, you can get this at Arlington National Cemetery, and that's a huge endorsement. Mm-hmm. I noticed in the film that uh, that you mentioned there was a film of you on your last walk, your final walk. And when the inspection occurred, the sergeant, uh, Dick Meyer, who, who did the inspection, he passed away he, he, while serving our country in Afghanistan, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's a, I, I found that to be kind of a profound moment. Tell us a little bit about that moment and how that's captured now and what that means to you, uh, given the fact that he's gone now. And you've yeah. honored him, really. Um, well, and that was our desire. Our desire with the film really was to honor him. Um, we didn't want to honor me or anybody else because um, we're, we're all, I mean, the tomb badge can be revoked even after military service. And um, Arlington, or, um, the National Geographic Channel did a, a special on some soldiers a number of years ago, and sadly some of the people they featured lost their badge. And um, I and Neil, we discussed that. We were like, well, we don't want to feature somebody who for any number of reasons could, or even myself, one day mess up and, and get our badge revoked. That's not what it's about. So we decide, well, we can feature and honor our sergeant who, you know, fearlessly led us and trained us, Sergeant Adam Dickmeyer, um, who sacrificed his self for his men in Kandahar, Afghanistan. He served on, on the 101st Airborne um, Unit after the, the old guard. And um, that we had that footage, we were able to bring that in. And again, and we even thought of trying to interview his family and make it more about him. But again, we realized that it was we wanted it to be about the unknowns, the the men and women who lost everything overseas in the World War One, World War Two, Korea, um, including their identity, um, and and that happens usually through horrific either lost at sea or just horrific you know bomb explosion and they're they're gone they're literally gone, so those are the people that we wanted to try to point to, so but to be able to um, honor Adam Dickmeyer was um, kind of our secondary goal. And I'm so glad that you noticed that because um, that's encouraging to us that we were able to do that. You know, Memorial Day is coming up. I got to tell you, I just picked my head up from work and realized it's coming around the corner. A lot, of, a lot of families are heading out of town. People are planning big barbecues. But have we really lost the, the meaning of this day? I mean, I remember growing up, you know, we, you know, my father was in the Army you know, we had it as a day of memorial. You know, we we did things that celebrated Memorial Day. We didn't just have a big party. I mean, what would you like to see Americans, uh, especially your generation, do on Memorial Day and consider on that day? Um, you know, there, there's a twofold things that I, I would kind of say. Um, one is a lot of people are going on vacation, you know, and maybe the family already has plans. Um, and, and that's okay. <laughs> we live in the greatest country on earth, and you have the freedom to do that. Um, and, and, we, and we should do it with joy in our hearts. Um, that being said, there's ways to participate in Memorial Day without it just being on one day of the year. 
Um, so even like tomorrow, I believe, in Arlington um, is flags in, and they usually have volunteers. You can go volunteer to put the flags in. There's 400,000 um, headstones. Um, you'd have to check the, the time, but Arlington National um, Cemetery um, website will have the times that volunteers could show up, and you could participate. There's one way to do it in Memorial Day. Another thing is um, you meant, we mentioned earlier the, the funerals. Um, out here in California, there are funerals held weekly for people with no family, and they just and it's on Wednesdays or when they have them, it's Wednesdays. And um, you know, somebody can find you can find that schedule. It's all public knowledge. They they broadcast it because there's no family. There's a time for someone to go and hey, you know what? I'll go be their family. You know, I'll go participate. And I know I said two things. I'd say a third thing, and and that is Memorial Day is about the fallen. Um, so when you see military servicemen or women, um, usually we get embarrassed when people say, like, Happy Memorial Day. Thanks for your service. It's like, eh, you missed the point. It's about, you know, those who, who have passed away in service of our country. So, um, you know, may, whether it be social media posts or whatever, if just do hashtag Remember the Fallen or, um, you know, honoring those who gave their lives for our freedom. You know, I wouldn't begin to tell anybody what to post on their private social media. But, you know, just being able to make sure that people understand. Um, and hopefully we see, you know, these drips of um, posts across the country. And we usually do. You know, the, the news networks will cover um, the president usually laying a wreath. And, you know, there's a, a few minutes of silence and everybody remembers. Oh, OK, yeah. Um, but it, I think we just need to make a more concentrated effort to honor the fallen. And with that, then we'll hopefully have a more understanding of the higher calling that we have upon our lives. That's right. Well, John 15 says, there's no greater love than to lay down your life uh, for your friends. And, and certainly in that time understood what that meant, right? And in terms of uh, laying down one's life, and certainly you've you know, supported the people here at, at our nation's most sacred shrine over the years in doing that. Yeah, one thing I picked out of the documentary was it mentioned that 5 million people watch The Changing of the Guard each year, but that only 250,000 really come to pay their respects. To most people who come, they're sort of watching the pageantry of, of just the, the Changing of the Guard, and they're not really thinking about the meaning behind that and what you're, what you're truly doing, that you're honoring these people that were lost, that gave the ultimate sacrifice. I think what you did was you actually probably answered the call to action, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, is there anything else you'd like to challenge our listeners to do or, or to think or you know, any other call you'd like to issue to people? Yeah, I mean, one one thing is the reason we made the documentary um, was actually to try to um, bless people across the country who maybe even couldn't go to Arlington, and maybe they are struggling even to understand. Well, why why does it matter? World War One, you know, that was almost a hundred years ago. World War Two, ah, seventy years ago. Um, so we wanted to show through our documentary that, and people can find our documentary anywhere in the, um, the nation and the world on iTunes, Amazon, um, Google Play, if they just search for The Unknowns, our website, The Unknowns with an S, theunknownsmovie.com. Um, obviously, we would appreciate and love any um, purchases for that. Um, we do have a free shipping option, coupon code HONOR. I think that's uppercase honor. So obviously, you know, my call to action, I would love for that. And I'd love to then be able to hear from people. We've had people email us to say like, wow, um, I can do better at life, at my job. I can do more. And um, one 
lady emailed us and said her husband watched the documentary, loved it. She ended up surprising him with tickets. They flew to D.C. And um, anybody can lay a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. They requested, I mean, it takes months in advance. Again, you can find that at Arlington National Cemetery, um, the website. And they requested it. They laid a wreath all because of my film. And um, it, it just overwhelmed me. And we would love to hear those stories from people and, and just basically try to sh- spread the word that we should be honoring um, the fallen, especially after horrific attacks like in Manchester, um, just I think it was yesterday. Uh, we realized, wow, you know, the wars are not over and we need to be able to remember those who um, have lost their lives. Well done. Look, uh, Ethan, we're, we're just about out of time. Thank you uh, so much for joining us. Um, I loved the, the unknowns. Uh, I cannot wait to share it with my children. I, I think we need to do more of that as parents. Uh, thank you for your service to our nation, uh, the work you're doing to raise awareness, to change the sort of language of, uh, you know, entertainment into one of more faith that, you know, it's not just Christian for Christian. It's it's something for everyone uh, that we can all rally around. And I love that. If listeners want to find out more about The Unknowns documentary, you can go to theunknownsmovie.com on the internet. We'll be posting information about it on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Ed, my friend, talk us out of this one. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace.